1: Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz.
2: Hello, hello everybody and welcome to the Tech Cat Show. It's great to be here. We are three weeks away from the consumer electronics show where all the latest and greatest in consumer technologies is going to be demonstrated in Las Vegas. It's an incredible week of seeing the latest in technology. And one of the things that everyone is so excited about and can't stop talking about is the future of car. Not only um, the connected car and what types of devices you'll be able to use in your car, whether it's Apple or Android or all the fun things that are happening with the tech inside of the car, but also with the concept of autonomous driving and the fact that we are now heading into a world where you're just sitting in your car and that car will take you somewhere and all sorts of location based services and technology will be at play and when we talk about autonomous driving it sounds like the future and this is one case where the future is actually here today and so on today's show i'm very excited on the you know right on the heels of ces to be um, interviewing and talking to Raul Sonad, who is the president of Tesloop, which is a, a really unique company. And I'm gonna get let Raul uh, explain it all because it's really fascinating. But Raul and I have known each other for many years. He's a serial entrepreneur, and I think this is one of his most exciting ventures, which is, is really the future of transportation. So let's have a big tech cat welcome for Raul Sonad of Teslo. Everybody, woo! Thank you. <laughs> So Raul, tell us about TestLoop and give us a little background on yourself because it's always interesting to hear how people get to, you know, where they are.
3: Yeah, sure. So um, I guess the quick background on myself is I was in Seattle for a long time in the tech scene up there, first kind of in the traditional software space at Adobe Systems, uh, working on desktop publishing, and then I used to... Um, design Microsoft Word, the word processor at Microsoft. And um, from there, got quite interested in digital media at the same time the Internet started to happen. So um, what we uh, uh, created back in 2000 was a video platform called The Platform that let large-scale uh, video publishers um, push their content onto the Internet and um that went uh several years and ended up being acquired by uh Comcast and is still uh there to this day um and then i got into the mobile application space and um recently i have gotten quite fascinated since about 3 years ago with uh what tesla's doing and that really i think was the genesis of tesloop um in kind of watching Elon Musk uh, videos on YouTube and um, listening to the Tesla earnings calls, it became apparent that they were really just doing something very different with the car. And, you know, the analogy that I think we like to make is similar to what happened in maybe 2007 with the smartphone, where before that you had these dumb phones that weren't connected to the internet, really, um, that weren't, you know, kind of um, uh, computers. Uh, And then Apple came along and said, hey, let's make this a real communications platform. And we feel that Tesla is really doing that in the automobile space. So when you look at most cars outside, they're human-operated, gas-powered, not on the internet, not connected. And when you look at these um, new generation of Tesla vehicles, the Model S and now the Model X, they're nodes on a network. They're effectively rolling computer servers. And um, most interesting, they're now starting to drive themselves.
2: God, I love that analogy of nodes on a network. I've never heard that referred to with cars. And so that's a, a, such a powerful metaphor to think about this. Because again, as I said in your intro, you know, I think about you know, autonomous vehicles is something that's really far away. And all of us, even if you're not in the technology business, you hear about these announcements from Tesla and you're like, okay, that's, that's kind of scary, that's interesting. But what you're doing with Tesla is actually building a business model on top of this, right?
3: That's right. So I, I, I think, you know, our business was really a result of saying, um, given what you have now and given where things are going, how do you best leverage that? So the interesting things about the you know, what I call like the Tesla you know, Motors technology platform is that it's all electric, of course, and, and this gives you some um, amazing economics where the cost of uh, fueling a car on electricity is probably about a seventh as using gas. So the more gas you need the more relative savings you get by going electric. Um, And then the other big thing is autonomy. And Tesla has now what is called autopilot. So it's the kind of first um, stage of an evolution of cars being able to fully drive themselves over the next few years. Um, And for both of these uh, factors, the electricity costs... The um, autonomy, and then finally the fact that electric motors last very long um, amounts of time compared to, you know, gas engines. There's no seals or gaskets or spark plugs or any of that. So you can drive them, you know, millions of miles. And in Tesla's case, they're in fact warranted for millions of miles. So we came up with a model of long-distance city-to-city transport, and we're now offering travel between. <laughs> Southern California, Las Vegas, and uh, soon Phoenix.
2: And the business model is that this is a ride-sharing sh- solution. So a bunch of people, they could be all strangers, would get into a Tesla that one of your operators was managing, and then on the highway it would be autonomous.
3: Yeah, that's right. So it's uh, you know think of it almost like as a similar model to when you book a seat on a plane. You get one seat. And um, there's other people who have booked the other seats, and you can either come to the supercharger, which is kind of our airport—that's our terminal—or um, we can pick you up on the way, which gives a little more flexibility than when with planes it's hard to pick people up on the way. Um, and uh, and then you know since October we started this in uh, July, um, but since October um, we've gotten to a point where you can now. Um, well, Tesla's really gotten to a point where they have turned on the autopilot functionality. So once you're on the highway, you can turn that on. And the car both does um, automatic like gas and braking, which they call adaptive cruise. And some other cars have this in place also, some uh, Volvos and Mercedes and such. And, um, and then it also does um, automatic steering. So it keeps you in the lane. And we find that this is uh, workable probably 98% of the time on the way to Las Vegas. So in most cases, the car can do everything it needs. There's some times when they put, like, cones in the road and close it down and such that you need to kind of take over because the car is not yet programmed to detect those.
2: And what made you decide to make this a business because I get that you're an entrepreneur and you were excited about Teslas and you like the idea of you know sustainability but what really pushed you over the edge in saying this could be a business?
3: Yeah so I think um, you you know the interesting thing for us is you know we just came up with this idea in May and then in um, uh, June we realized we went down to the Tesla shareholders meeting in uh, in Mountain View, and you know at the shareholders meetings typically, like um, Tesla CEO Elon Musk speaks about you know what's happening at the company, and he stated that you know within three years he thought that you would be able to fall asleep in a car, and the car would actually drive you know more safely than you would be driving. And to me, that time frame was really pretty astounding because if you imagine a world where cars drive themselves, it opens up all sorts of possibilities. Um, But specifically kind of in the space of moving people back and forth between cities, um, if you can take out the risk of accidents or or significantly lower that risk uh, through leveraging the automation... Um, it can really, uh, you know, change the economics drastically because now you would no longer need to pay for drivers. And then with Tesla, they also, for long-distance travel, give you free electricity. So now you no longer have to pay for electricity or drivers, and your cars can probably last, you know, well over a million miles. So when we looked at the actual cost basis, of moving people, we determined that you know especially with the new Model X coming out uh, you know in volume next year, that there's really never been a cheaper way to move you know atoms around the world on roads it's it's just the cheapest <laughs> way to move things
2: well but, then- when 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 I we come back that. Raul um i want to talk to you a little bit more about what what are some of the things that you're learning now that you've been in this business for a while and and also um there are some really interesting things about tesla that make tesla the business to build this on top of um you know and also we're dealing with human beings so i'd love to hear from you like what are some of the trends you're seeing behaviorally Now that you're offering up this sort of very futuristic, science fiction-y opportunity for business travelers. So we'll be back in a moment with Tess Loop, Raul Sonad, and the Tech
1: Cat.
4: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com.
4: You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social to go viral and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan and co-host Gisela Gonzalez. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel and get Amplified. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network.
1: This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. Hi, everyone. Great to be back with the fabulous
2: Raul Sonad from Tesloop. And we are just getting into the future of transportation, really. And um, I was just going to jump in and ask Raul, so why Teslas? Like, what is it about Teslas that allows us to create this whole new business model of ride-sharing and autonomous driving? Like, why now and why Teslas?
3: Yeah, so I think, um, you know, for us, it really became um, interesting because of the kind of environmental benefits so the fact that teslas are electric uh, to me really kind of changes the game on what um, you know we're trying to do to say the more you use these the more kind of uh emissions you can reduce and the more chance that we can um you know convert people faster to a clean uh energy consumption model so that's where it really started but then you know, there's a lot of electric cars out there, uh, when, but when you look at our model, what we really need out of the electric cars is a few things. One is we need a big battery. So if we're going to Las Vegas or Phoenix, or even like you know Palm Springs from uh, Los Angeles, uh, the bigger the battery, the better, and the Teslas can um, manage maybe depending on how fast you're going and how loaded, but 220 or 30 miles without charging. So that, and, and they're really the only car with that size of battery currently available in production. So that's really important. And then the other really critical item is uh, being able to charge that battery quickly you know, on, the, on the way. So if you're going more than the distance the battery holds, like from here to Las Vegas... Um, you know, we need a place to charge it, and we need to be able to charge it quickly. And that's where the Tesla uh, supercharger um, infrastructure comes to play. So they built um, hundreds of superchargers around the world at a cost of you know over a billion dollars. And um, these superchargers charge uh, about you know 14 times faster than your standard like 40 amp charger that you might find out in front of Whole Foods or something. So the combination of lots of superchargers, three on the way to Vegas, and that we can plug into them and in 20 minutes we can get well over 100 miles of charge makes uh, Tesla really the only kind of vehicle infrastructure that you could run this type of business on. And then lastly, it's the um, autopilot driving functionality where currently I would argue that that is ahead of everything else out there. And we think the trend for Tesla is um, going to increase the distance between other kind of assisted driving and what they have to the point where I think yesterday or day before, Elon Musk was interviewed and quoted saying, in two years, the cars will completely drive themselves oh, safer God, than that's, humans.
2: That's just crazy. Well, what, um, what are you finding from people? I mean, I, I remember I was telling you that, Everyone I talk to about this with is, like, blown away and kind of excited. And, you know, this is, like, one of the cooler things right now out there. What are you finding about people in general? How are they responding to the concept of Tesloop?
3: Yeah. So, so I think, you know, we benefit from this huge um, kind of affinity that people have towards the Tesla brand. And I think, you know, they should have that affinity because it's really been – you know, groundbreaking from a technological perspective, but then also in terms of its you know potential environmental impact and just industry impact of getting everybody else to switch to electric vehicles. I think it's been just kind of the major catalyst in the space where nobody really took electric vehicles seriously prior to the Model S, and now I think you look at companies like Volkswagen and Porsche and. Um, you know, Mercedes and such, all you know, trying to figure out how they uh, will migrate, you know, towards electric vehicles. So, so that's been amazing, and the fact that people really love this car. The problem has been, you know, it's kind of a seventy or eighty thousand or more car, and most people have felt like, wow, I just, you know, can't at this point uh, access that from a budgetary perspective. And so, when we can now say, hey. You don't have to buy the car, you can just use it for your, you know, trip to Las Vegas or to Phoenix or in the future Santa Barbara or Palm Springs. I think, um, you know, this puts it into, uh, you know, their realm. And when people get in the car, you know, we hear quotes like, I feel like I'm in the future. You know, the car is just really amazing at how it's designed, it's, you know silent it's amazingly comfortable it's got you know this huge screen so and then i don't think people come because they're saving like 250 pounds of carbon emissions on that trip but when they get out and we remind them that and we give them our you know carbon credits which are kind of our frequent flyer miles i think it reinforces the fact that they're really you know part of a solution here uh you know to what's a a pretty big issue that um, starts with the environment but extends to you know a lot of other problems that autonomy and electrification of vehicles will address.
1: And
2: I know also as a business model so right now you're in you're in California well you're in Los Angeles and Culver City to Vegas and you're also doing Palm Springs. How do you determine where you light up where the supercharger stations are. Well, I mean, you're not, start, you're not creating the supercharger stations, but how do you determine what's a smart place to put, you know, a test loop, like, you know, I don't Route. know what you want to call it, station?
3: Yeah, uh, yeah well, we call them our routes. And, and as you said, the routes, um, they need to have superchargers on both ends because that's where we need to charge the car. And in between runs, you know, we want to get a full charge, so that takes about, an hour and a half to charge the cars. Um, so the you know simple one was Culver City to Las Vegas downtown. Um, we then expanded to uh, Orange County. Uh, they just created a new supercharger in Fountain Valley. Uh, we also do San Juan Capistrano. And, and basically, I think we're really well aligned because Tesla is putting the superchargers in places where there is a lot of road traffic and a lot of people around. Um, so we are kind of following that. They just opened a new one in Burbank, uh, I think, like three days ago.
2: Three days ago. Wow, I didn't even hear about that.
3: Yeah, I mean, I mean, they tell it to all the Tesla owners, of course. If you're not a Tesla owner, it's probably less important to you. Yeah, and, and if you look at their trend, every 20 hours they're opening up a new supercharger, so we see over the next two years... They're pretty much going to blanket both the U.S., Western Europe, start moving into Eastern Europe pretty heavily, Australia, Japan, China, uh, and I heard Mexico as well as Canada. So we think the kind of potential market for connecting superchargers with cars is extremely large.
2: So uh, they're opening up superchargers every 20 hours. Do they look like gas stations? I mean, what what does it look like?
3: Yeah, I think they look like kind of a gas station of the future where they have like what looks almost like a pump. It's a little thinner and it's, you know, what they call a pole. It's basically the charger. And then there's just like there's the gas nozzle thing, there's the electric nozzle. You pull it off and you plug it in. So, yeah, I think um, uh, they're analogous to gas stations now. They're much cleaner. You need. The big electrical infrastructure. And so like in the case of Color City, they have solar panels on top of the mall. It's a Westfield uh, mall that it's in. And then those power the transformers that are near the, uh, you know, charging poles. Uh, and, you know, the, they're all kind of enclosed in these um, kind of closet-type structures. But, yeah, I, I think, um, and, and what they try to do is put those in places where there's bathrooms and food and Wi-Fi so that when we drop you off at a supercharger, there should be stuff nearby there that you can access. Um, so so
2: it, it, it's, it closes the circle on the consumer's experience, basically, that it's a whole experience and, and as easy to do as an airport because when you and I were talking, I was saying, well, I go to Burbank because I'm in, in the um, early valley in Los Angeles and so Burbank Airport's like 10 minutes away from me. So it would need to be you know, in a location that makes sense for me because the airport's really easy right now. So you guys are being very strategic, too, about where you place these, right, so that it actually solves a transportation problem rather than just being a choice.
3: Yeah, and and I think you're probably in the minority where the airport's both close and easy. Burbank's one of my more favorite airports, but if you live in, you know, Pasadena, and you need to get to LAX. That's a really long way away, uh, and you know LAX, depending on where you're going, is not necessarily it's a nightmare. The easiest.
2: <laughs> it's a nightmare.
3: transportation hub. So you know the difference here is we're going to give people choice of Burbank or Culver City, Redondo, Orange County, you know Glendale when it opens. Um, so the you know ability to put chargers in different places is. You know, orders of magnitude easier than building airports, and the roads are already going to them. So, yeah, so we think this can be much easier. And then there's this uh, kind of, um, you know, as I said, inherent um, operational fact that the cars are on the highways. It's really easy for us to stop in Pomona and pick somebody else, pick somebody up. So they don't need to get to Burbank, they just stay where they are go to a hotel or a Starbucks that's kind of a designated pickup point, and we can get them. So they can do a five minute Uber and pull their suitcase out of the Uber, put it into our vehicle, you know, no security check, no hassles, no, you know, waiting in line. They can get on Wi-Fi immediately, you know, have a cold beverage and a snack that we give, and, you know, have a productive three and a half hours to Vegas, which is better than you know an unproductive four hours to vegas if they had to drive all the way to lax
2: well i just want to do that just to get away from my family um (laughs) (laughs) it's just like so you're really sitting at the center of a revolution because i i'm thinking to myself well i just finally own my car i just made my last payment on my acura and should i even buy another car um, and I think that's a question that a lot of people are going to start to ask as we move into this world of ride sharing and other models. So we're going to take a break now. But when we come back, I want to ask you all, like, what other tech trends, even more tech trends are you seeing that are interesting and that are going to maybe even play into some of where you're going with TestLoop as a business? So we'll be back talking more about the future of transportation and the future of everything, really, with the very smart and uh, very entrepreneurial Raul Sunad from Tesloop.
4: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com.
4: Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: And Welcome back, everybody. We are
2: talking to Raul Sonad of Tesloop. He's the president of a company that is actually focused on a sustainable ride-sharing business using Teslas, and uh, the fact that you can now actually get inside of an autonomous vehicle and be driven to a location. So, uh, Raul, what other tech trends do you think are impacting where your business is going, and do you, do you see other things sort of wrapping into all of this that's, that's going to drive uh, more activations?
3: yeah so I mean, I think uh, when you look at the automobile space in general, there you know there's a lot of things that are really all converging, and some of that kind of is on the Tesla side where you have electrification and then you know the first stages of autonomy converging. But then I think you know Uber's kind of proved out that this idea of connecting the mobile phone to the cars is you know incredibly powerful. And I think in their model, uh, as well as with companies like Blah Blah Car in Europe, they leverage the fact that, you know, there are these cars sitting around that are kind of underutilized. And, you know, they've created a way to fill them with more people and use them more often. So that, you know, kind of mobile phone to mobile vehicle connection uh, is, is quite interesting. But I I think moving forward, um, you know, once you have uh, autonomy really working, you know, like, and I think, again, that comes quickly. That comes in the next two to three years, basically, and multiple vendors will have cars that are able to technically drive themselves. And then this is going to have just huge impacts uh, on society. And there's you know, simple but important things like you know, reducing deaths. So there's you know, 30,000 deaths in the U.S. a year. And in India, there's like a million deaths a year from traffic accidents. And, and in both of these countries, the number of injuries is like an order of magnitude more. So you've, you've got you know, safety, you've got the environmental benefit, and then uh, you're going to have less and less traffic as... Autonomy lets you pack more people into the same amount of highway space. Um, And then I think lastly, as you said, you know, should you buy another car? The, The model of vehicle ownership, I think, is really going to start to transform as soon as like two to three years out, where already... I think I find in Los Angeles there's a lot of people who are saying, I don't really need a car in Los Angeles. Between you know, Uber and the new rail stuff, I can get around more cheaply than actually buying a car and insuring it and parking it. And, and I think nobody, like, you know, the, the cliche in Los Angeles has always been like, you know, you can't live without a car. But I, but I think that's changing. And I think as we move forward, that's going to change... To affect like a much higher percentage of the people.
2: that that is a mind blow. I saw a graphic the other day that showed what a street looked like with like thirty cars on it, carrying like thirty people. Then what it looked like carrying a couple of you know a couple of ride sharing vehicles. Then what it looked like with the bus. Then what it looked like with the train. And it just showed both from a convenience, clean air, sustainability model, like how it was getting better and better and better and the more we moved away from these individual vehicles. Um, so so it, it just blows my mind away. And you're absolutely right. I've lived in this town for 20 years, and now I, myself, in the evenings rarely drive because I'm tired and I don't feel like dealing with it. So I, I Uber everywhere everywhere. In the evenings, and it's actually um, created a situation where I'm going out more, because the stress of the driving and just the, you know, you're it's at the end of the day and you're tired. I don't have to think about it anymore because it is a bear to drive in some of these big cities where there's so much congestion. So it does it does start to change your life.
3: You know? Yeah, and and then your relative costs since you're not driving in the evening of owning your car. For the other drive gets higher and higher, you know, until it's tipping point when you're like, I don't need this car anymore.
2: Yeah, and I do have friends that have already done that. In fact, I have a couple of friends who have stopped um, insuring cars that just sit around for their kids and other things. It just doesn't make sense anymore. So they figure out something else when their kids are home from breaks. Because the insurance to just keep the car viable on the streets is just not worth it anymore. So, so we're looking at really a huge, uh, you know, traumatic shift. I think for the automotive industry here. Um, now, do you see any automotive brands, sort of besides Tesla, you know, moving in this direction to protect their their category?
3: Yeah. Well, I, well, I think kind of next year is the year that really everybody has to have a strategy around this, and I think you see the beginnings of that with kind of the Google Ford announcement a couple days ago where they're in talks to have, you know, Google autonomous technology power Ford cars. I think there's, you know, a lot of um, uh, kind of what I call like marketing wear for electric cars where Porsche is saying they're going to have in three years, you know, this Mission E car that will be fully electric. Now, you know, I think the question is, you know, will any of these car companies really go all in with electric? And and I think Tesla at this point is the only one that has, uh, and and now joined by um, Faraday Future, which is kind of a new company that should be making an announcement at CES. So we'll see what they're actually planning to do. Um, I I think Apple, you know, remains a mystery, but you'd have to assume that that's going to be some type of all electric offering. And then I think, you know with google and ford you know uh, my guess is google's ambitions don't end there and they would be looking for lots of other global partners to um use their autonomy on which may or may not be also combined with you know electric cars i mean it could be an electric or it could be potentially on a on a gas vehicle that they employ those so uh you know you know the the reality is that I, I think when you talk to uh, the people that I respect in the industry, everybody feels that electric is the future and really just the question is, how long is that? And the car companies really need to change to that. And they need to figure out how their businesses evolve in a world where cars are being shared by you know, three or five or ten people and thus the you know, total volume of cars that is needed starts to decline every year
2: god i don't know what to do with my hands right now i'm so excited about what you're talking about
3: so
2: So for you personally i mean do you own a tesla uh
3: no so for my personal car i have my old honda minivan and it's uh nice and reliable and lets me put everything i need in the car (laughs) uh i I mean uh, i i love teslas and i think you know if um if money is not an issue for you at all, it's the safest car to be in, and it's probably worth it. But you know the reality of those cars is that if you're driving them you know a thousand miles a month or less, they're really expensive, um, you know compared to other options that are out there, especially you know used cars. So um, I uh, am kind of uh, setting my personal sites on the Model 3 that should come out in volume in 2018, and that will be a $35,000 car that um, I expect will drive itself anywhere more safely than people can. And I think that's really going to be the breakthrough revolution uh, of bringing both electrification and autonomy to the masses.
2: I mean, it's funny because just as you're talking, I'm sitting here going, all right, what can I do to get to 2018? Can I just keep this car? But um, And do you see other businesses then um, sprouting out of all of this? So will there be other consumer categories, other products, other things that engage? Because, I mean, you, you you mentioned there's folks sitting in a car, they have Wi-Fi, there's snacks, um, you know, there's going to be these places that people now go where the supercharges are located. It seems to me that there'll be new business categories that will grow out of this entire environment.
3: Yeah, so, I mean, I think there's a lot um, uh, that's happening, and some of it is kind of going to be related to supporting people who are in these cars and then the other is like more in the car industry itself so if you look at something like car rentals um, you know my guess is the model now for a car rental needs to radically change um, because again even when I find when I rent a car I use it for a couple hours and then I'm somewhere for a while and the car's sitting there in, in a world of autonomous vehicles, um, I think there's a lot more potential there to uh, have higher utilization of that car, which will then bring down the price. And then even if you look at car dealerships, um, you know the model now is they buy the car from the manufacturer and they sell it to you. I think that you know starts to change where effectively, you know, it seems like Uber is your you know, nighttime car dealership at this point, they've already kind of replaced that, uh, you know, slot for you. So um, I think um, the, uh, you know, number of businesses that um, sprout up around the changes in automotive technology are, are going to be surprising and somewhat unpredictable. I mean, I think it's kind of like, you know, when the Internet came out, it was hard to imagine what will the big businesses be or, you know, once social networking came out, but it was a little hard to imagine, okay, what are all the implications of that? I think it's one of the really kind of big, profound transformations that's about to happen.
2: Yeah, and what, what I love about it is it's a transformation for good as opposed to just a transformation, which some of these things have been over the last year or two. Everything's moving so fast, but it's not always for the betterment of mankind. Of some of these changes, they're just changes. So this to me is like a good thing. You know, in so many different ways. Um, I, I just don't know if I could handle being in a ride-sharing, intimate car situation with some perfect strangers. <laughs> just, yeah. just because that's who I've become. Someone that, you know, may not like to be that close to three people, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I think, um, you know, that was a big worry of ours when we started. Like, you know, how, how will it work with three random people? And And what we actually found is that in most cases, people... Are perfectly happy. And in several cases, people make good friends. And there's some affinity because they've come together because it's a new, like, high tech thing. And they, you know, were daring enough to try a new service. And, you know, we find a lot of people making friends and exchanging cards and connecting afterwards and even seeing each other again on, you know, future rides. Wow. So, um, you know, we think there's some benefit there. And for people who really want to be alone in the car, there's always that option. Though, of course, it's going to be more expensive to have a car, you know, taking just you somewhere versus sharing it with others. And I think you see the same thing with Lyft and Uber and their line and pool products where if you want a discount, you share it. If you want to pay a little more, you, you can have it by yourself.
2: Well, I'm definitely a princess in that light. But when we come back, more on Test Loop and the future of cars after this break.
1: Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com.
4: If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization...
1: we're wrapping up with the fabulous Raul of
2: Tesloop and talking to him all about the future of automotive and just some questions for you, Raul, where do you go for inspiration? Because obviously you're on the cutting edge of, you know, what's happening in the automotive category and you're really putting together a lot of pieces and new technology. What, what's what, where do you go to learn about things?
3: Um, so my main source for like learning about things was always like a, uh, Tesla shareholders meetings, like audio calls, where I think there's so many gems in there in terms of uh, kind of where that company's heading and how they're envisioning things moving forward. Is so, anyone
2: allowed to listen in on those calls? Uh,
3: yeah, so so you just um, go to their site, and when you know they're a public company, so it's all public stuff, and they're all archived. They're all on YouTube. There's a channel called. Every Elon Musk video ever, and on that channel, all the um, Tesla calls are available. So that's probably Oh my God, that's, that's
2: crazy. Every Elon Musk video ever.
3: Yeah. And um, God. <laughs> and that's also a good source of uh, other kind of um, uh, information. You know, there, there's been just personally like some of my favorites are there's like a 20-minute talk um, by Elon Musk of him launching the Tesla energy product. That I think is just um, a mind blow. Very inspiring. Yeah. Is and he
2: just like? Is he just himself? Just the biggest brain in the world, or is he someone that smartly has surrounded himself and built an operation of really brilliant people who are able to execute? Or is it really him? Is it just him, and he's pulling the strings? Or are there? Did he has he just an amazing team um, that that's pulling this all out?
3: I, I mean, I, I think it's definitely both of those. I mean, it's him that attracts amazing people and it's his dedication to the mission, be it, you know, changing energy and transportation to be friendly or, um, you know, getting humanity to another planet as an insurance policy, like he believes in that, convinces others. And then, you know, I think what is kind of different about him than most of the entrepreneurs like that we admire of this century is like he's a physicist like he has figured out how to actually move things in the real world in ways that are you know with the rocket landing now they're going to bring the cost of moving things into space down by like a hundred x and on. similarly with the model x you know, moving things on the road is now effectively going to be about 10 times cheaper next year than it was last year. So uh, I don't think anybody has, you know, kind of on a large scale really applied this level of innovation to actual physical world changes. And, and, And of course, the physical world and the computerized world are in this convergence mode now where you know, everything's coming together, so the opportunities are really amazing.
2: Do you um, go online every day and read a certain amount of newsletters and go to certain sites every day? Are you one of those people that habitually does his reading in the AM?
3: Yeah, I, I mean, basically, like I, you, you, I follow all the you know stock information on Tesla and Solar City and Mobile Eye and Nvidia and kind of related companies. So there's a lot of news coming out of that as well as just anything you know that my alerts hit so yeah.
2: And is it uh, is it totally for you now focused on your business and on the categories that impact your business or are you looking at other uh, categories as well?
3: I I, I mean personally there's some things that just uh, interest me but I I mean my current focus is 100% about Tesloop like we're for everybody here we're you know really planning to create a company that gives everybody an option to sustainably travel and initially that's going to mean city to city travel but i think as we go out a few years we want to make sure that um you know we can be the conduit to get people into sustainable options well before they would kind of organically occur they would organically be able to afford them
2: I wonder if does uh, does Elon Musk have like little kids? Because maybe I could aim for a son in law into his family.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's got uh, five boys. Um-
2: Oh, good. Okay, well, I have a beautiful six-year-old girl, so maybe I can make a a shiddock, as my people say, Um, (laughs) with a a really good gene pool. You
3: never know when arranged marriages are coming back.
2: Yeah, that's right. That could be something that comes back because we don't have to uh, worry about uh, sustainability anymore. Yeah, that Um, could be
3: a new app. That
2: could be a new app, that's right. (laughs) <laughs> what about, uh, are you going to any uh, um, conferences coming up that you think are really valuable? Are, are there any like auto-vertical uh, conferences you're going to be going to? Um,
3: you know, I we don't have a schedule set for next year. I mean, CES, I think, is going to be really interesting from a automotive standpoint. I mean, I think there's a lot of speakers, and then the you know, Faraday Future announcement will bring a lot of press and, and such. So, I mean, I think I think that'll be the first interesting thing. Um, and and there's a lot of other, like, auto conferences. But, like, for us, um, I, I feel like, you know, the mainstay, like, automobile industry is kind of not what we're focused on. We're really much more focused on this concept of mobility. Like, in Berlin, there was just a conference on mobility, I think, in uh, last month. Like, things like that are kind of more in our um
2: transportation rather than automotive
3: Um, yeah it's about it's about transportation and you know how to move people so
2: so this is a global focus right you know because i remember you telling me you were getting calls from other regions outside of the u.s and north america who were really interested in what you
3: were doing yeah i mean i i we get we get mail and tweets from all over i think um uh, you know Tesla has a global footprint, so there's a lot. They have a lot of fans in a lot of uh, different markets. Um, but generally, uh, you know this this concept of moving people more efficiently it, it is a global phenomenon, and and the need to reduce emissions and such are arguably even more important in other countries than they are in the United States. So. Um, you know, we see, we see what we're doing as having, you know, very widespread global applicability.
2: I, I mean, I think I can't wait to, to, to see what happens next with, with all of this. And obviously at the Consumer Electronics Show, we're all going to be spending a lot of time in North Hall trying to understand what's next. Are you doing any speeches or anything anywhere that people can come and hear you?
3: Um, no, so I'm just going uh, this time as a, a spectator. A human. Uh, and <laughs> and I'm uh, driving back and forth uh, as a test loop pilot in between. So it's going to be kind of busy on those fronts for me.
2: And if people want to uh, experience test loop now, they go to testloop.com to make a reservation?
3: Yeah, go to testloop.com and um, you can make a reservation between Southern California and uh, Las Vegas, and if you're in Southern California and want to go other places, send us a mail, and um, we'd love to hear um, what your plans are.
2: And uh, you're tweeting at Test Loop and at Raleo And um, if if people want to also maybe get involved with your company, are you are you still um, doing any investing, taking um, investments? Are you, where are you guys in your status? Yeah,
3: so so we're you know a very new company, and we'll be. Um, you know, raising money uh, next year. Uh, We're also, you know, looking for great people to get involved, you know, on the specifically technology side, on the um, marketing side of things. So, you know, our plan is to really um, ramp things up next year. And for any company, you know, finding people who really, um, you know, love the concept and are eager to participate uh, is, is something that's really important.
2: Well, it's been fascinating talking to Raul Sonad of Tesloop and uh, hearing all about the future of mobility, the future of transportation with your fabulous startup called Tesloop, which is all about sustainable driving through a rideshare program, uh, leveraging the beautiful and uh, sort of future-looking uh, Teslas um, and superchargers, and everything that we're hearing about the future with, with what you guys are doing is so exciting. So check out testloop.com. Look for um, at tesloop on your uh, Twitter feed, and uh, you know, spread the word about what Raul's doing. It's so important to our, our future to, to move to a more sustainable model. So thank you so much, Raul.
3: Yes, thank you. So nice to be here.
2: Thanks, everybody. See you next week at the TechCat show. More on the Consumer Electronics Show and what's happening there as we get ready for one of the biggest technology shows in the world happening um, in January in Las Vegas. See you then.